I had you. <laughs> oh, you did. Oh, yeah. I had you big time. You had nothing. Come on, I saw you jiggle the handle. Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth, the Essential X-Files podcast. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm Laura. And this week we are talking, we're talking movies. This is actually a movie podcast for the week. (laughs) And we are talking the X-Files, Fight the Future, parentheses, 1998, end parentheses. This premiered. June 19th, 1998. I'm going to say, looking up this, like, movie, like, I knew it was Fight the Future, but the, whenever you, like, look it up on a streaming service, it's, like, X-Files, print, like, colon, like, X-Files Fight the Future. It's just, like, a really <laughs> weird, like, official title on streaming mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. I like how the Wikipedia page is the X-Files parentheses film. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they really didn't know how to note this. I call it Fight the Future because that's what it's called. I mean, yeah. and also it's a badass name, honestly. It's it's good. It's good. Okay, so the budget was sixty six million dollars, and the box office grossed one hundred eighty nine point two million dollars. That's a lot of money. Not too bad. Not yeah. too shabby for a sixty six million dollar budget. Yeah, yeah, for a TV movie. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know how this pulled in any new like viewers. <laughs> Okay, we'll get into it. <laughs> okay. So it was written by Chris Carter, no surprise. And it oh, was yeah. r- directed by Rob Bowman, also no surprise. The plot of the movie is that Mulder and Scully help investigate a bomb threat in Dallas as they're now assigned to the domestic terrorism unit. Of course, the bodies recovered in the explosion don't add up. And seemed to be placed in the exploded building for, to cover up something. Mulder and Scully used their time between being investigated and scapegoated for the explosion to follow the breadcrumb of the syndicate's work to help the aliens colonize Earth using the black oil virus. <laughs> um, yeah, so the plot is like there, and it's not like that confusing, I would say. No. But also, like, I don't super care, right? right? It feels like we've had some version, like, bits and pieces of this movie in several different episodes before. Like, thinking Mm -hmm. back on it, it's like, wait, haven't we kind of done this before? And we have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it it retreads a lot of ground. Mm -hmm. I think it is kind of, it's hard because, like, you can't, again, you're trying to, like, put two mediums that are, like, not similar enough, but not similar enough to make it difficult. Right. I think emotionally and character-wise, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the Mulder and Scully stuff going on is good. And also, I do like the syndicate stuff of, like, well-mannequined man, like, finally having enough and finally rebelling and then getting off. RIP to my homie. I was about to say, I was, like, way more into, like, well-mannequined man's type of, like, plot than some of the rest of it. And, like, I like him so much. Yes, he's so good. He just wants to protect his family. Yeah, he's like, okay, look, we don't have to do this. <laughs> there's like rebels, like there's, you know, right. why are we doing this? Why are mm-hmm. we signing our death warrant? For what? He's so he's so real for that. Yeah. What kind of just 
do bits and pieces since the movie's long and I don't want this episode to be very long. So we open on Texas, February 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's like Ice Age, Texas. <laughs> so the opening, I'm like, like, I feel like I see it once and then I don't need to see. I do tune it out because I don't think they're doing anything visually that exciting. And also it's a bit scary. It's a tiny bit scary. It could be cut. It could be condensed. I feel like it took it takes us like 12 minutes to get to Scully. <laughs> I like definitely looked at the timestamp of when she finally showed up on screen. And mm-hmm. I think some of this beginning could definitely be shortened. Like it's fine, but you don't really know what's going on until like much later. And so I feel like there's not really that big of a payoff to have this opening you know yeah it's it's very like scene setty but it's like longer mm-hmm. it's like a cold open for the show but like a little bit longer yeah <laughs> i mean i like it it is just like one of those like exposition kind of stuff where like once you've seen it you can kind of tune it out mm-hmm. it's not like layered enough to like be picking up new stuff every time yeah. it's pretty straightforward yeah the other thing I must talk, we must talk about, we absolutely must talk about, because Laura has heard me complain about this a lot, is that this is not North Texas. No. Like, they're trying to pass, like, Southern California off as North Texas, and it's not gonna work. No. Because it does not look like that deserty. It is, like, way too deserty to be <sighs> Dallas. Like, Dallas is, like, a little flat, like, it's not, like, super hilly, but, like, there's like one shot later on where they're like on the playscape or a trampoline or something, and there's literally mountains. There's not mountains around Dallas. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know the infamous northeast Texas mountains that don't exist. Yeah, it is called the Piney Woods for a reason, folks. Right. It is like a thick pine. I mean, not near the city, but like it's a thick pine woods in mm-hmm. East Texas. It's very foresty there. This is bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even funnier when I found out that Rob Bowman, according to his Wikipedia page, is from Wichita Falls, which That's is hilarious. Like close to. Yeah, that so, is like. <laughs> he's like, whatever, it's fine. That is only a couple hours from Dallas. I didn't know that he mm-hmm. was from Wichita Falls. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it cracks me up so bad. It's mm-hmm. so funny. The other thing that is like stuck in my head so bad is that like when they're in this like it's funny because it's like a tract, like a mm-hmm. neighborhood built around nothing, which is like very Texas. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that makes so much sense. But <laughs> that is literally how the suburbs are built here. <laughs> yeah. Like the sod and like the neighborhood in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere isn't that weird. It's just that it's deserty and shrubby. But the other thing I think about a lot is when like the shot where it hands up and you can like see the Dallas skyline. Mm-hmm. And I think at one point, like tell us it's like 50 miles away. Maybe not that far, but, like, what's the furthest you can be until you see the skyline? You know, like, every time I'm, like, driving around the city, I think about that. Because, you like, when you're further than, like, 15 miles, 15 is still generous. Like, I cannot see the skyline. Like, they're not that tall for the most part. Mm -hmm. And also, like, there's just so much other stuff built up around, like, in the cities. I'm just like, I don't don't know how you're supposed to see this. No, exactly. Like, because Dallas is a metroplex. It's not just, like, one city. It's, like, one city and then a bunch of other decently sized cities that are just literally all squished up together. 
I don't know anywhere in like the DFW area where you could be that far away and see downtown Dallas because there's so much in between it, even at this point in the 90s. Like, what did they think Dallas looked like in 1998? Because it was a Metroplex then. Maybe if this was like 1968, you could get something like that, but definitely not like in 1998, you know? Yes. It's it's so funny. Anyway, I'm I'm like a little obsessed with it. It's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Another small little nitpick thing of like, this is very not Texas is later on when they're at the playground and there's like fresh green sod down. I'm like, that playground would be gravel in Texas. Like, I don't remember any really? like playground area that had grass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A playground having grass. Yeah. It's usually like mulch or something. Right. But like the, the sod just very threw me back to like my, my, <laughs> We lived in this like brand new neighborhood when we moved to the suburbs. And it was like <laughs> it was like the sod. It just <laughs> always cracked me. I was you like, oh yeah, it really is like see that. every square. Yeah, I love how he's like, it's not very dense, so and he could like lift up the sod later. It's like, yeah, they're like just laid it. <laughs> Baby grass. You're right. We finally get Mulder and Scully, and they're in Dallas a week later, and we get Terry O'Quinn too, um, who is like very much like. He's like, oh, it's that guy, you know. Mm -hmm. I mostly remember his name, but mm -hmm. I didn't realize this. He's like a he's like a total Chris Carter guy because he's in the movie, he's in the show, and he's in Millennium. He actually has like a sizable role in Millennium. Wow! And he was in um, Harsh Realm even for like an episode or two. Wow! Scully is like on the phone with Mulder, like lecturing him about terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> The bomb threat was called into a different building. He's convinced it's the other building. I don't even know why. I think he was just like bored and was just like, hey, let's go check out that other building. I don't really want to be here anymore. Right. <laughs> and she's like, Mulder, the point of terrorism is to stoke terror. How do they stoke terror by calling in a bomb threat to the wrong building? <laughs> She's so she's so perfect. This is like mm -hmm. this is such a good like if this was your first introduction to these characters, this is a really good scene. This is one of my first introductions to these characters because I hadn't seen that much of the X-Files when you were like, I want to watch the movie. Will you watch it with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. Exactly. So, you know, you open up to them on just this like witty work banter and it's really cute. Mm hmm. Like even the f even if you haven't seen the show, like them and their whole dynamic completely shows through in this scene. It's really funny, and like they, I mean, they've been working together for this many years, so like mm -hmm. they are really bouncing off each other a lot too. <laughs> and it's so funny, and I love it a lot. And like, <laughs> Mulder's just whole like complaining about like she's like you got to do these things by the book, and he's like. If you do things by the book, you can't, you'll never catch things that cannot be like easily categorized or, or you know, all that stuff. And it's just like, mm -hmm. this is how I like my Mulder and Scully. <laughs> this is also setting up for us who like don't know at this point. We know the X-Files was burned mm -hmm. down, but we didn't know that it was closed and that they're now working on domestic terrorism. <laughs> so this is where we find out that they're working on domestic terrorism. And Scully's like, Mulder, I know you're bored in this assignment. <laughs> And he's like, why would you say that? Because she knows you, Walter. <laughs> because she knows that, like, you're only getting joy if you're chasing some cryptid. Yep. He's like, why would you say something so true to me? <laughs> Mulder has a great quip that I also love where he says, uh, 
Maybe we should call in a bomb threat to Houston. I think it's free beer night at the Astrodome. Which, first of all, there'd never be a free beer night, so. I was if you about wanted to say, to say like dollar dogs or 50 cent dogs, whatever the conversion rate was in the 90s, that would make sense. But free beer, no. Nah. They would never do free beer. Like, I would love no. free beer, but they would never do free beer. That's like way too much money. I think there was a time they did like some stadium did like 10 cent beer. And I can't remember if that was the one that ended up in a, a riot. I think it was one of a couple that have, there are a few baseball games that, very famously ended in a riot, like the disco night, mm-hmm. <laughs> disco demolition night, where they blew up disco uh, records at uh, the middle of a doubleheader, and then they couldn't play the second game because <laughs> everyone stormed the field. <laughs> <laughs> but he is so right. Like, they should just, like, his impulse of, like, showing up to Dallas and being like, I need to get out of the city, I need to go to Houston, <laughs> is, like, so true and real and... Like, that's why we're soulmates, if you think about it. (laughs) I also just want to ditch work and go watch uh, the Ashes play. Yeah. I'm drinking my beer out of my 20th anniversary Astroworld cup. Oh, nice. (laughs) Because my my Astrodome one is too small. But I also have an Astrodome cup I inherited. The other really great moment in this scene is is Scully faking the uh, door being locked? <laughs> <laughs> I know, and she so really cute. sells it because she is that deadpan. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> then he grabs it and realizes he's been had. And I love her. Uh, I had you big time. <laughs> mm-hmm. That comes back, and I like I like it coming back. That's a it's a very nice moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. So you know. And in very X-Files fashion, Mulder is right. The bomb is in this building. How did he know this? Who knows? Who cares at this point? But they got to get the bomb. Well, they can't really like, I don't know if they like can't disarm it or choose not to disarm it. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, they say that uh, Michelle, who is played by Terry O'Quinn, was a patsy. So I don't know if like he always knew the bomb was in that other building and when Mm -hmm. they found it he just had to sit there and like make it go off or what yeah but the bomb goes off and they're just completely taking the aesthetics of the okc bombing yep if i know chris carter which i feel like i have a pretty good handle on him Mm -hmm. i feel like the reason he put the movie in dallas is because it's the closest city to okc you can put it in Mm -hmm. that isn't okc Mm -hmm. But according to him, he did it because Fra- him and Frank found out there used to be ice over Texas. And I'm like, everybody knew this. <laughs> like, no, I'm not buying that. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, this is like very OKC bombing. Like, yeah, it's only three years after it. Like, it's federal yeah. building in the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. And in Monsters of the Week, I think Emily said that. During the press tour, the OKC bombing kind of like mm-hmm. like war on Chris Carter because like it was like I could see that like you make this show that's about conspiracy nuts and then like a conspiracy nut like blows up a building. I can see how like that is tough. Yeah, but also like I don't know, maybe you should just like copy the exact right. <laughs> look of that and like use it in fiction. Right. I don't know. I have like complex feelings about this, and I'm sure Chris does too. But like, yeah, I don't. I don't know about this one, Chief. Right. Exactly. I mean, I. It was sort of like the first like domestic terrorism bombing. And also like a lot of people died 
I mean, I lived in the Oklahoma City area when it happened, and, like, I don't remember, like, it actually happening because I was three, but, like, I remember the aftermath a lot, actually, Mm -hmm. Um, like, before the memorial was built and, like, when it was still just kind of, like, this just, I mean, destroyed area of town. Yeah, I think that, you know, that's kind of his fault for literally making like the exact same thing and then yeah maybe he shouldn't have done that i don't know yeah so in very x-files fashion Mulder's gully are getting scapegoated mm-hmm. for this bomb <laughs> they have a lot of questions like why was Mul- why were y'all in the other building why was that building the one with the bomb oh why did those people die and Mulder's like we were told the building was clear i don't know what you're talking about who's this right. child who was this firefighter right <laughs> like can we see their bodies? Can we see the autopsies? And they're like, no. Like, actually, can you leave? <laughs> I like how there's like no fire, pre- like fire department presence at all. Like during these buildings at all, and they're like, yeah. What about these three firemen or whatever? And it's like, yeah, they don't know because they didn't see any firemen. It's also extra funny because when they go to check out that boy who like fell in the pit, mm-hmm. those were like county fire department. Like, mm-hmm. it said Blackwood County, which is a reference to the fact that the movie's codename was Project Blackwood. There is no Blackwood County in Mm-mm. Texas. I've never heard of one. I mean, we do have a shit ton of counties, but right. I think I would have heard of Blackwood County in their mm-hmm. universe, wherever this fictional desert Dallas is. <laughs> they are almost certainly a different county, it's right? right. Like, I don't think Dallas County is that big. I also don't know if Dallas County is the county Dallas is in. Because, okay, because you think, you see Houston County. That's not where Houston is. You see Austin County. That's not where Austin is. Right. So I don't know if the Dallas County is actually the town I feel it's like in or not. Dallas County is actually where... I think it is. So Mulder's, like, sitting in the hallway, like, chewing sunflower seeds, like, waiting to, like, get reprimanded by the <laughs> FBI. And, like, Skinner comes out. And they're, like, him and Scully are, like, both trying to take the heat for each other. And it's just, like, I love myself sacrificing idiots. Like... They actually mean so much to me. <laughs> I love that like Skinner comes out and like tells Mulder to like sit down like he's his dad or whatever because he's annoyed that like Scully is trying to take the heat for Mulder. So he's just like, no, I'm going to be mad at you now. Sit down. <laughs> it's funny because like Scully is right. Like she's like, I she's telling him that she's the one who told you to leave and like broke protocol, which like is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But like she was also right. Like what? Mm-hmm. What ser- purpose would it serve to have them both be blown up? Right. And then Scully comes out and she's like, "Mulder, they're splitting us up. I'm getting reassigned." And it's like my nightmare come to life. Like, mm-hmm. no. Like obviously <laughs> it's not gonna last. But like, no. I hate this idea. And she's like, "Well, I'll quit if like we can't work together because I actually don't like this job, but I love you." <laughs> right. Some of those are added by me. Maybe mm-hmm. she didn't tell him that she loved him, but you know, it was implied. I love how short Jillian in, is in this scene. It's like one of the scenes where you really get how short she is because she's in like heels and she's still like, like, burnt, like so much shorter. <laughs> like, yeah. I just thought that was cute. I don't know if we've talked about this, but in the show, like, they do put her on a box, like, when they need to frame mm-hmm. shots. So, like, if they aren't walking, like, she's typically like, kind of his same height not Mm -hmm. necessarily but like you know 
it, it would be hard to shoot them. Uh, like enough to where like you can get them in the same shot, you know, like they have exactly. to bump her up so they don't have to use a super far away angle every time. <laughs> yes, but whenever they put her on a box, they call it the the gilly box. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> she's like, she's like not on her gilly box and it's like a lot more obvious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Mulder does like in very like action-y hero guy form when he gets bad news he like goes out to drink tequila but it's like weird tequila. i'm like i didn't realize tequila was like that color yeah he gets so he's getting drunk and okay i might cut this but i have a twitter that is now private <laughs> and i made it used to be public so i made it like a fun like um msr royai connection thread which mm -hmm. is now like hidden mm -hmm. so i should really make that on my public one again because i would a hundred percent be putting this image next to when roy goes to madame christmas's away bar from me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you see my vision mm -hmm. because i do when when both of their women are taken from them they go to a bar and they get drunk they're and it's sad drunk like, yes exactly yeah exactly <laughs> Another man took Elizabeth from me versus I am the key figure in an ongoing investigation, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> that bartender cuts him off and she is so ripe for that. She's like, okay, no more alcohol. And he's like, wait, what did I say? <laughs> like, you literally just had a whole rant about how aliens are real. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I love how... Because it's a movie, we finally get Mulder. Mulder gets a curse, so he says shit here, and he says damn later. Mm -hmm. And it just feels so natural. Mm -hmm. Like, of course he curses. Right. He goes outside to piss. And I I saw this. I couldn't find the source, but I saw this, and it, it feels believable to me. I trust the the account I saw this on. But Mulder is pissing in front of the Independence Day poster because mm -hmm. chris carter hated that movie <laughs> that's hilarious i did pick up that it was independence day and we meet kurtzweil and he's on some extreme crank shit like mm -hmm. a level we haven't had before mm -hmm. where he talks about like fema's the secret government uh which is like laughable for anyone who has like ever been in like an emergency situation where like they're next to useless like yeah. watching them like mishandle Katrina like growing up I was like ain't no way this is like this is the secret go I like, know. first of all I don't think the US government like needs a pretense to like right. enable martial law like we don't have any democratic power like right. oh I don't know some California's gonna do a, a lawsuit oh who cares <laughs> you know like right what is that gonna do? Like you, you know what I mean? Like I don't know. I did find it interesting that yeah, like FEMA is bad, like pre Katrina, because like I'm sure like they were useless pre Katrina too, but like Katrina like yeah. was like the real big like oh no, they're super useless. Yeah, and I think it's it's like a government, it's like a typical government agency. It's it's mm -hmm. you know bogged down by just a lot of bullshit and also like yeah, like I think half the problem with like Katrina is like. Bush just put like one of his friends in charge of FEMA because like that's how little respect he had for like the office. Mm -hmm. And I just still don't think FEMA is a priority. I don't think like it's, it's any not. you know. Yeah, it's like who cares? Yeah, I still kind of today see like FEMA's the secret government stuff. Not like not 
to the same degree. But like it's it's definitely like floating around there. Mm-hmm. So Mulder leaves, and this is a, f- a fun bit of him being like, "Okay, Arlington." He's like, "Never mind. Like, let's go to Scully's. Let's go to Georgetown." And when he does show up, Scully is trying to like suss out if this is a booty color. She's like <laughs> so based. She's like, she's like not down for it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, so is this before or after you were started drinking? Like, when did you decide to come over here? <laughs> and he's like. Huh? <laughs> she has self-respect. She's like, if you want to sleep with me before you started drinking, that's fine. But after you got drunk, absolutely not. Good <laughs> yeah, for she's her. like, I will be, I will be no one's booty call. Exactly. <laughs> of course, Mulder is so inept, and it's just like I don't even know what a booty call is. Like, was like I was, I literally came over here for aliens. He was like, no, I was thinking of aliens, and she's like, oh my god, why aren't you normal? <laughs> She is just like face popping and being like, why did I fall in love with this man of all people? <laughs> you know, Cigarette Smoking Man goes to North Texas and the alien is like growing inside the fireman, which is like horrifying. Yeah, it's real gross. And it's like, it's kind of funny because like Chris Carter's like not engaging on these in like any, th- any like deeper thematic level. Like, cause like half the fun of Alien is that it is really in- embracing and like really analyzing this idea of like, um, you know the aliens mm-hmm. as like uh like a mothering like a ter- terrifying you know birth mm-hmm. stuff you know like cuz it's about like that and like there's a lot of like sexual energy right. in that sense of like yeah putting it as like an invasion of your body like body yeah. autonomy stuff like that yeah. which is something Chris Carter has never really engaged in in like a meaningful way in the X-Files even though he has like plenty of reasons to do so right and this is very similar where like the alien is growing inside the fireman and like <laughs> that's it like there's no deeper like analysis of this <laughs> thematically or anything it's just like okay like, yeah that's like kind of creepy that he's growing like okay okay yeah and similarly to like the colonization stuff mm-hmm. which I don't totally vibe with in the X-Files because like it comes across as like white people's fear of like oh what if someone did to us what we do to other nations yes like what if we're on the other side of colonized like which like could be a meaningful way to engage in colonization Mm -hmm. and like the horrifying aspects of it Mm -hmm. but he doesn't no it's just like oh like we're gonna be colonized this time but like that's why we're working with him it's because we specifically this arc elite group doesn't want to be colonized so if we make a deal with them and everybody else gets colonized, that's fine for us. Which, like, you know what that's called? That's called class traitors. <laughs> well, they're not even class traitors. They're, they're not even traitors. in our class, right? Yeah, they're just traitors. They're just traitors. But you're so right. But like, none of this is ever meaningfully considered, and it's like kind of frustrating because mm-hmm. it's like, because this could be completely interesting, and it's squandered by the hands of Chris Carter and. Mm-hmm unsurprising fashion we i mean we'd find out that like the black oil is a virus that has always existed here and like they're going to use it to colonize and all that stuff and it's just like uh, okay i like you do not have the range but i'll roll with it for a hot minute the boulder and scully continue to look into the bodies that allegedly blew up in the building yeah and they end up at the site of the black oil where the kid was infected the syndicate meet to discuss everything that has happened. And so, like, 
the alien gestating in the fireman is like a new alien. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we have too many aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like the black oil slash this new alien, I guess. And then right. we got the colonizers, the typical gray ones. And then we have the the rebels. And it's just like, this is too much to give an audience. Yeah, they're all kind of the same to me, to be honest. And also, like, I do have a bone to pick with, like, it's extraterrestrial, but also it's always existed and is the original inhabitant because you can't be <laughs> extraterrestrial and then literally to find something that is terrestrial. <laughs> so pre pre uh, Neanderthal or whatever, or or like living alongside the Neanderthals. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> And but it's so like they're all down with colonization. One manicured man. It's funny that the British one is the one that is like the English guy is like, no, let's think deep. No, no, I don't want to. I don't want to be done to like what what I've done. My people have what done. My to people have people. done to the world. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be sitting here being like, well, at least the aliens built railroads. <laughs> You can't say the aliens are all bad. Yes, they kill a lot of us, but now we have spaceships, so <laughs> who's to say if it's bad or not? <laughs> and so they're like, okay, here's a list of people we want to kill. Kurtzweil, Mulder. Mm-hmm. Can't kill Mulder, allegedly. Even the well-manicured man tells Mulder later that he was sent to kill him. Mm-hmm. But they're like, no, we can't turn this crusade into a, a martyrdom. A martyrdom or whatever. So they're like, okay, well, what can we do? And so they're like, we must take what is most valuable, that which he cannot live without, and then immediately cut to Scully. Like, <laughs> do we have to continue to put Scully in danger? Apparently, yes. Apparently. Why, Chris Carter? Why? I'm very torn because it's very hot how he like goes and saves her in Antarctica, mm-hmm. right? That's it's very hot and it's nice. But also, yes, you're right. Like this is the umpteenth time. Right. Ugh. Like the umpteenth time. Like if they had done it even a little less track. in the show, yeah. It would be okay. <laughs> but it's just like again, again. <laughs> again, again, again. Scully should go save him this time. <laughs> Yeah, she gets her chance sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> um, we get more of a very deserty Texas, so I guess they just drove all the way to West Texas. <laughs> this is a nice, a, a very fun scene where like Mulder is like telling her what he thinks, and it's like unhinged, and Scully mm-hmm. is just like, oh, I, how did I get myself into this yet again? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. He tells her that he thinks it's an alien virus being stored in tanker trucks because the virus is extraterrestrial. And she just has this like complete and utter full body eye roll where like her eyes roll and then her whole body turns around. <laughs> and she's just like, Mulder, you can't keep doing this to me. <laughs> and she is so right. It's so good. But then, of course, the tanker trucks go past on the railroad. <laughs> And then we have the bee domes in the desert with the cornfields. And the bees are back. The bees are back back in a big way. They are kind of the third star of the movie, if you think about it. Because they do kind of ruin my life. 
the bees. Bees? They don't allow you to have bees in here. <laughs> I love the bee dome scene. It's so good. It's mm-hmm. so visually stunning. I really love this movie, and sometimes I have a hard time explaining why, because like <laughs> plot-wise, it's kind of boring and retreading, and mm-hmm. there's some new stuff, but like there's a lot of old stuff. Um, so it really is like Mulder and Scully, they're always gonna be like a draw for me. But like I think also by being a movie and get having a movie budget, they do get to do some scenes, like some bigger scenes that they couldn't do before. And I think mm-hmm. a helicopter fight in like a <laughs> cornfield with like these big bee domes where like they open them and all these bees stream out is like such a movie thing and it's yeah. so cool. It's like something you can't get in the show normally, and it's just like really exciting and like high stress and just like like this is what film and tv was made for you know yeah and also like they're using real bees like i saw i've seen some behind Mm -hmm. the scene footage where they're just a scoop and they're scooping bees onto (laughs) them (laughs) and um they're just running around like i think at one point david was like i had to grab her wrist i had to grab jillian's wrist at a point it was like i was really hoping there wasn't a bee under where Mm -hmm. i grabbed you know and it's just it's big exciting they're like running around in a cornfield being chased by helicopters screaming each other's names like trying to find each other and they finally do and the helicopters go away and it's it's great i love it i loved Mulder's skull <laughs> like she was doing a very normal like Mulder, and he was going skull <laughs> it was great yes mm-hmm. so because it was a movie i got to read some <laughs> movie reviews and i got to read uh ebert and siskel specifically they both reviewed it Mm -hmm. and in uh roger ebert's um they both gave it three stars three out of four i think is their metric Mm -hmm. so pretty good they both like the movie Mm -hmm. and he says (laughs) this is roger ebert the story involves of course Mulder and scully who call each other quote Mulder and and scully (laughs) so so often they must be paid by the word (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's hilarious he, he has them oh yeah he has them got him i don't even care that it doesn't make sense that the bee stuck on her from like dallas to washington <laughs> and, and didn't stung stink her, her like, the, the entire time. time it was like a robot it's like a robot bee they were controlling <laughs> they had like a little ro- like rc controller to it <laughs> chris carter was controlling it and was like i know exactly <laughs> when to deploy the bee Yes, the bee. He had plans for that bee. That kind of segues us into, there's like a scene of her talking to the people, but like, she's never going to convince the FBI it wasn't their fault. They're never going <laughs> to listen to her. So like, right. this is all an exercise in futility as far as I'm concerned. So our next scene to talk about is the tent pole of this movie. I think in general, I think mm-hmm. it's a really good climactic thing, but also it drove all the, the MSR girlies wild. Mm-hmm. Is the hallway scene. And if I saw this in theaters, I would have lost my (laughs) mind. I would have started screaming. I would have been escorted out. (sighs) So we all have that. Like, as much as I, like, pain for, like, wanting to be one of those, like, alt.tv.xfiles, like, girls... Uh, because I think in my heart, that's really, I was born the wrong generation. I should have been, (laughs) like, a forum, X-Files forum girl. I should have had... I should have had a GeoCity site dedicated to Fox Mulder. I should have <laughs> been in like flame wars on the forum defending mm-hmm. him. <laughs> <laughs> but 
the silver lining is that I got to watch this movie in the privacy of my own home where I got to like be terrified and like start screaming. You got to lose your mind in private. Yes, yes. So Scully comes to Mulder's and she says that she's been reassigned to Salt Lake City, Utah. They're trying to get her to uh, investigate like MLM women or whatever and Mm -hmm. MLM Mormon women. I assume. I don't know what other crimes are happening in Utah. Just those multi-level marketing schemes. I'm not moving to fucking Utah. Right. (laughs) She's so right for that. Yeah. And so she's like, I'm quitting. I've already told Skinner it's done. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. no longer an FBI agent. And he's like, hold up. I didn't agree to this. (laughs) (laughs) And we get the the de-iconic scene of... But you saved me. As difficult and as frustrating as it's been sometimes, your goddamn strict rationalism and science have saved me a thousand times over. You kept me honest. You made me a whole person. I don't know if I can do this without you. I don't know if I want to. Like, how can Chris Carter, like, get them, but not get them? He's not seeing heaven. Like, that man is not (laughs) seeing heaven. Like... He's also not this, seen heaven. <laughs> to write this, but then be like, no, they're just friends. It's like, excuse me, sir? Yes, and that is no shade to platonic MSR shippers. No, but no, like, no, no, this no. is insane. <laughs> no, yeah. This is all like, of the shade at Chris Carter. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Like, oh my, this is unhinged to like have them say this. This complete and utter declaration of love. Because they love each other, and he admits it now, but, like, they love each other. And then they go to kiss, and it's very good. I love the scene. And then, of course, the bee stings her, and On they the don't back kiss. of the neck. Leave the back of Scully's neck alone. Yes, you're it's so right. It's been through enough. It's been through it enough. It has been through enough. Enough is enough is enough. Right. And so I start screaming, and Mulder's, like, very, like, oops, like, <laughs> Sorry, I think I misunderstood what we were doing there. Because <laughs> he has this kind of like apologetic look. And then she's like, I can't fucking breathe. <laughs> and he's, he's like, like, oh, oh wait. sorry. And then she's like, I'm going into anaphylactic shock. <laughs> it's just like, oh, when you're boy. so bad at kissing. <laughs> I mean, he's right. He was, he is bad at kissing, I assume, you know? <laughs> she goes into anaphylaxis. That's how little game he has. You know? <laughs> so, you know, he's he's near tears. He's calling 911. It's like really good acting by David Duchovny for once. And mm-hmm. paramedics show up and, and Mulder's like trying to ride with them. And then like he gets shot in the head by the driver <laughs> because they were actually just like listening to mm-hmm. his phone call. And they just right. had these paramedics set up so they could just kidnap Scully. Yeah, whatever works. And then we get the lone gunman plus Skinner, Mulder's only friends minus Scully. Yep. In the hospital room with him. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a better role, because, like... I know. I like them so much, and they were just, like, barely there. Yeah, and I feel like we haven't we haven't watched a mythology with them in, like, such a long time, it feels mm-hmm. like. They were in the end, but we didn't watch it. I recap what happens in the end a little in the bonus episode that comes out, Mm -hmm. 
whenever it no it had already come out sorry i like haven't published anything in a while i forgot the order but they play this crucial role of uh Mulder's only friends where like scully goes to him and she's like who is this woman mm-hmm. <laughs> from Mulder's past i need actually all the details about this woman from his past they tell her <laughs> Mulder's uh laundry that she doesn't want to ask him directly <laughs> which is a fun role for them mhm that's what like your significant other's friends are for yeah, exactly. She's just like, who is Diana Fowley? So Mulder goes to find Kurtzweil because it's like his only lead of what happened to Scully. Mm-hmm. But Kurtzweil has like just been murdered by the well-manicured man. Mm-hmm. And so instead he talks to well-manicured man, which is uh, like, um, I don't think they've had a run-in yet. Not that I remember. I know him and Scully have. Yeah, I don't know if he's actually directly talked to Mulder like face-to-face. I think he has maybe once, because yeah. I feel like he gave him some info in one episode, but I'm blanking on which one. Right. Is it the one, like, by the stables? Oh, it might be that one. Um, yeah, I feel like I remember he's, that. That's Tunguska Terma, and he's gone, because mm-hmm. he's in Russia for quite a while, but mm-hmm. when he comes back, you might talk to him. Mm-hmm. I remember them, like, walking around. I feel like there was, like, this scene where they're walking around New York City, and, like, he's talking to him or something. Mm. Maybe. But that could be later. I could be Mr. No, it can't be later because this bitch dies. Right. (laughs) Anyway, it's somewhere in this show. Mm -hmm. He tells Mulder, he's like, okay, here's Scully's location. Here's a a, um, vaccine for her. Which this isn't, that's not really how vaccines work, right? Like you don't take them, like it's not treatment. It's like preventative, right? Right. Can you take a vaccine as treat, like treatment? It, not really, no. Okay. It's he, like the, maybe rabies. The more but not- cor- even then, like they're gonna put you on antibiotics for rabies. Like okay, it was more of like a treatment or like an antidote than it is a vaccine. Like antidote, I think mm-hmm. would be a better word. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, because it's like yeah, vaccines are preventative. Because even the rabies one, you get after you're being exposed to it, but it's still, like, I think it's early enough to, like, try to catch mm-hmm. it before yeah. the infection takes hold. It's less, So it is, like, a treatment in that regard, but, like, yeah, once you're actually infected with rabies, or, there really isn't a ton they can do, you know? Right. So, like, one well, man is just spilling the beans because he's like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to die, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm supposed to kill you, which, like... Like, Mulder is protected. Like, he's not getting got by the syndicate. Like, right. I don't know who told you to kill him, but, like, <laughs> it was somebody going rogue. Cigarette Smoking yeah. Man would not let his son get murdered. <laughs> Literally. He hasn't, so. <laughs> and so he's just like, okay, well, I'll just spill the beans. It's like, I think that you're in the right, and also, like, they're going to kill me, so you need to know what's going to happen. And <laughs> he brings up his sister, who was taken. And it's kind of this weird, like, no, your father t- made them take her so mm-hmm. she could be protected and, like, live on. And it's like, mm. I don't think being made a clone of is, like, living on. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say so. I don't think, I don't think Samantha got, like, the good end of this deal or anything. No. <laughs> and he says, like, Bill wanted Mulder to fight them, which is, like... Oh, like you have the courage that your father didn't have. And it's just like, uh, I, okay. I mean, I really don't know what was stopping Bill from just doing, if he really hated him that much. Like, yeah. Why didn't he just, yeah. It would have been cool if they kept him in the show and like explored that. 
Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, sure, there is something interesting there of, like, you know, there is this um kind of quicksand and, like, this mm-hmm. sort of, you know, struggle of... He he obviously got into this thinking he was doing the right thing, and then mm-hmm. when did he realize he wasn't like? Right. Why did he feel like he couldn't get out? Like why could? Why did he feel like he couldn't fight them in any meaningful way? Like yeah. Why did he not help his son out sooner? You know, like so yeah. many questions, and and Bill Mulder is just this kind of like this specter that we never really get a good handle on right and then it doesn't help that we're adding the layer of like well he wasn't even Mulder's father biological father I just feel like they used Bill as like emotional fodder too early on in the show mm-hmm. like it could have been better like if they had like kept him alive longer and yeah kind of like used him to explore some of these themes instead of just like oh but by the way He's not actually Mulder's biological father, but, like, he raised Mulder, so who cares? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, even just having him as a specter on the show, like, mm-hmm. could have been done, like, it could have been ingrained in the show more. Yeah. Like, if if Mulder and Bill had more, like, conversations yeah. when he was alive, yeah. or even just, like, flashbacks mm-hmm. to, like, weird stuff his father told him. Mm-hmm. None of, anyway, none of that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> None of that's happening here. <laughs> well, Manicure Man does mimic Deep Throat's last words to Mulder, which mm-hmm. is trust no one. He also says to them. And then he gets blown up in a car. Uh, very mm-hmm. uh, IRA, you know. <laughs> I don't As much as I like him, it is good that he died, you know? Like, yeah. he does deserve to die, but he was the most reasonable syndicate member. Exactly. Like, I think that's why I liked him so much was because, like, he was kind of the only voice of reason in the syndicate. And then, like... Well, dang, now the syndicate's just going to, like, really go out of control with that well-manicured man there, you know? Yes, yes. And the w- place that they are taking Scully to is Antarctica. <laughs> she is on a alien spaceship in Antarctica that is buried under the ice for some reason. And it's massive. And Mulder performs magic and gets to Antarctica in 48 hours, which is literally impossible. <laughs> Yeah, it it kind of falls apart quickly if you put too much thought into this <laughs> ending. It doesn't hold up, but that's unimportant. I've I've kind of been coasting ever since the B scene at this point. <laughs> um, yeah. So he goes to Antarctica and he slips and falls down the. Sh- he doesn't even have a hat on. Just trips and goes, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> It just falls down the ship mm-hmm. and then finds where Scully is. And he gives her the vaccine anecdote, an- anecdote, antidote, <laughs> anecdote. <laughs> Here's Scully, let me tell you a story about the vaccine. <laughs> and so they're trying to flee. The ship is going kablooey mm-hmm. because like the, the vaccine got into the ship or whatever. Something like that, yeah. And um, he's like carrying Scully. Okay, so there is. Uh, I bookmarked this forever ago. My my Twitter bookmarks, but my Twitter bookmarks are too full. I'm never gonna find right. it again. But the tweet is, I think it was from Entertainment Weekly, and apparently, so when Mulder was in the hospital, like we don't see his ass, right? Mm-hmm. Like when the hospital gag. That's a very classic gag. Mm-hmm. But we don't see it, and so Jillian was like. 
the scene originally was like supposed to be like when he put her over his shoulder. I think she was supposed to be nude. So it's going to be like her ass cheek to his cheek. <laughs> but she was like, they didn't. You, we didn't see David's ass. You're not seeing my ass. Good for Jillian. <laughs> Jillian said there's ass equality on this show. <laughs> yeah. She's like, OK, we saw his ass like maybe, but I don't even think they shot it. I think right. they simply shot it like because he gives her his clothes. Mm hmm. And at one point, like, she stops breathing, and so he stops to, like, give her, like, the worst CPR I've ever seen. Yep. And she does, she does a callback where she says, I had you big time, like, whispers to him, because mm -hmm. she did actually die, briefly die. But mm -hmm. uh, that's very cute. <laughs> it is cute. It's cute to, like, tease your partner, like, mid you, like, uh, <laughs> almost die. <laughs> you know, it just died for a little bit. It really had you there. <laughs> Had you big time. <laughs> okay, so, you know, ship flying, people are leaving. They get dumped onto the ice because, like, they're kind of sliding off the ship as it goes up. Mm -hmm. And Scully is passed out, so she doesn't see the ship. And Mulder does, and he's like, Scully, look. And she's just, like, conked out. She's just, like, unconscious. <laughs> and then, like, and then he conks out. So we have a scene of her, like, putting him in her lap and on the ice and it's all very X-Files-y. Uh, but also like, at what point does this make sense? They're dying of hypothermia no by point. this point. <laughs> I'm sorry, if you're watching these for like narrative consistency <laughs> or like explanation, I'm, I'm sorry, like that's not what the mythology is providing at this point. <laughs> that is not what Chris Carter writes. Please go back to like season two and three mythology. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you want consistency. Yeah, if you want some coherency, you if you want the good stuff. Mm -hmm. So the X Files get reopened. So we're left with that. Like that is the end of the movie. Is a, a telegram? Which telegram? It's nineteen ninety eight. But they're in Tunisia, Shelby. They don't have phones there. <laughs> Come on, they don't have phones in North Africa. Is that actually Tatooine? Is Tatooine from Star Wars named after a place in Tunisia? I forgot to look yeah, that that's up. Yeah, that's where they filmed it, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so it's like named after, the planet's named after it, but it's also like they, Tatooine, Tunisia, Tunisia existed before, and that's where they filmed it. Mm -hmm. That's some extreme nerd stuff for them to put the movie there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good little shout out for Tunisia, I feel, you know? Yeah, yeah. It is cool. Like, that, that is a nice bit, because otherwise the show feels very, like, the syndicate feels very mm -hmm. U.S.-centric. Mm -hmm. So it's like, no, they're doing this in Tunisia, too. There's some right. Tunisian Mulder and Scully. Who right. Are and that is, like, fight. in the Sahara, too. Like, that's when they film, like, a lot of, like, Sahara desert scenes. Like, it's it, a lot of it's filmed in Tunisia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's the movie. And then we have our segments. And we start with... Agent... Mulder. Shut up, Mulder. Damn it, Mulder! Mulder! Our Mulder rating. And I'm giving him a 3.5. He is not that annoying in mm -hmm. this. Like, he's very cute and annoying. And, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I give him a 6.5 because I don't think he's that annoying either. And, like, he's kind of just, like, a little dumb in this movie. He's like a little puppy dog or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's not really annoying. All of his, like, stuff is kind of just, like, more normal stuff. Like, he's not, like, really on one or whatever. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And next we have... So, uh, this must be the enigmatic Agent Scully. 
our Scully Rady, Laura. Yeah. Well, I love Scully always, but I really enjoyed um, whenever she like turned down Mulder's booty call. <laughs> that was really good. That was like definitely a really sassy moment when she was like, was this, did you decide to come over to my house before or after you got drunk? Because <laughs> you know what, Queen, like good for her, good for her being like, it's fine if you want just like a normal booty call, but she will not do a drunk booty call. And you know, no. I, she I'm standards. proud of her for that. Yeah. She's like, you gotta want you gotta want me sober. Exactly. Good for her. <laughs> so mine, I had two. I'm gonna say the mm-hmm. most because neither of them were yours. Yeah. One, it's I had you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's a good one. That's that's really fun. And also her full body eye roll when he tells her <laughs> that they're chasing extraterrestrials in the yeah. desert. Yeah, that was a good. And one. she's just like, I've had enough. I truly I've truly at my limit, sir. <laughs> yep. That's a good one. And lastly, we have Welcome. You've got mail. Our 90s moment. Uh, I'll go first. I had a bunch, actually. So mm-hmm. I'll say one that I don't think you'll have, and then I'll go through my rest after you, okay. in case I have yours. Mine actually isn't on my list. I just thought of it, because I meant to mention this earlier, but I kind of forgot. It's got to be the Astrodome, because <laughs> that bitch stopped being used in, like, mm-hmm. 2000. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Because they built Minute Maid Park in 2000, I believe, and they started playing there. And I can't remember if they started playing in 2000 or 2001, but pretty soon after that, they stopped using the Astrodome for that. And the Houston Oilers had left mm-hmm. the city in, I want to say, 96. Mm-hmm. So the Astrodome was just being used for the rodeo at that point. And the Astrodome stopped being used for the rodeo in. At some point, I don't actually remember, but I do remember I went to like one of the last shows of the rodeo mm-hmm. in the Astrodome. It was very fun. I think Aww. Clay Walker like rode his horse around the entire like right. <laughs> stadium. It was like really cool. And um, now the building has a a bit of lore. Is that the they don't know what to do with it? It is yeah. kind of disgusting inside. They sold right. a lot of the seats, so. They can't tear it down because it was it's now a historic landmark. So it can't be torn down. But also every plan they have to renovate it gets shot down cuz it's too expensive, it's just, I'm sure. It is a lot of money. Yeah. It is like and it is for what? You're not using it for anything. Okay, the the last plan I actually liked. They wanted to make it um I think underground parking okay. and then a park, like a kind of like a okay. little venue area. Like and pool. I think that would be cool because it's close to NRG. Yeah. And so the area is already used for like festival-y stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. And the rodeo is still right mm-hmm. there. He's <laughs> like, NR- the NRG is, they are right next to each other. They're right. they're neighbors. They're besties. And so, <laughs> so I thought that was a solid plan. I don't know why they rejected it. It was, I feel like it was a little less money than just like redoing it. Mm-hmm. You, we don't need the rational for anything. But also the city will tear down any like important building without a blink of an eye. Right. If they don't his- preserve things historically. So I feel mm-hmm. like the Astrodome is like our one thing that like, we could preserve. <laughs> we have a chance. And it is like, it is the largest domed building in the world. Like it is, yeah. its nickname is the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> like it is a monument to architecture and it's an inc- important part of the city. And it hasn't been used since like, the very early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also wanted to say that, so 
they don't give a date when this like sh- ep- the movie takes place. So I kind of just went off. The movie was pre- premiered right. of what what Astros game he would have seen. <laughs> so they were actually playing in Houston on June nineteenth, nineteen ninety eight. And this was a good season for them. This is okay. the year they traded for Randy Johnson. They didn't make it to the World Series, but they were a good team. They won, I think, like 102 games. Okay, it's not bad. And they won their June 19th, 1998 game. They won 4-2 against the Cincinnati Reds. Nice. Um, some dude I've never heard of named Sean Bergman pitched. <laughs> and... <laughs> Two of the RBIs were by Carl Everett, who I have heard of. And then one of them was Craig Biggio and uh, Ricky Gutierrez. Anyway, so I feel like that would have been a good game. You go see Biggio and Bagwell, two incredible players. Uh, Go see a game in the Astrodome, incredible venue. They really should have. Like, they could have avoided all this. This movie Mm could have just been them hanging out in Houston. And I am crafting their 90s Houston outing in my head you know like what else are they gonna do <laughs> they're gonna go to astroworld <laughs> okay that's my very long way to say my 90s moment was the astrodome chat okay laura well that's definitely not my 90s moment so you're good um yeah mine's probably gonna be the fact that like okc was only like three years previous and then they're like yeah let's just put another bomb in a federal building as if like that would be a tasteful thing to do Literally um, the closest, largest city to Oklahoma City. And it's like, again, a lot of people died in the OKC bombing. Like, Yeah, it, what Dallas and OKC are like, what, maybe three hours apart? They're like five. Oh, okay. Um, but still, it is like, Dallas is a larger city than Oklahoma City. Um, mm-hmm. But like, especially at this point, but like, that's just, it, you could only do that with that kind of impact, like in the 90s. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially because like, you know. Now that, you know, domestic terrorism is a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Probably that. That and, um, yeah, FEMA and, being and bad. And Scully, like, explaining terrorism to Mulder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few of my other ones that I wrote down, because I feel like this movie is very 90s. Like, Oh, yeah. All yeah. of the clothing. Like, when all those kids are, like, being escorted out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the 90s clothing. There's also, like... Whenever we finally get to, like, Mulder and Scully, there's, like, a shot of, like, the Texas flag. Like, that's very 90s to me. Like, it's very uh-huh. scene-establishing. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, vending machines, which, like, mm-hmm. they still exist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, like, I don't know. Like, I I kind of love vending machines, and I feel like they used mm-hmm. to be everywhere, and they're not everywhere in a place, and like they used to be. They still yeah. exist, obviously. Yeah, they used to be way more prevalent, though. Yeah, like I I think my church used to have a vending machine. Oh I yeah, my church had a machine anymore. My church had a had a soda vending machine, and it's like why? <laughs> this is a church, but like it was an older one too, which was kind of fun. It was like it was kind of from the eighties almost, but. Yeah, yeah, like there's like so many like tips and you know like you know mm-hmm. just trying to fiddle with the vending machine to like get it to work and all that stuff. Like the technology even improved because I re- I like remember when those ones where they like put the bottles in and like mm-hmm. conveyor belt went and got them instead of just dropping like a soda and shaking it up. Instead <laughs> of the dropping a soda can three feet. <laughs> now they have the conveyor belt now, and I was like, I remember when Gently, that was new, yeah. like my high school one. 
got one and I was like, ooh, look at this. It's fancy. Well, let me get my um power rate out of here. <laughs> well, now they have like all of the like vending machines where you can do like pay with your watch or like Apple Pay or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then also like, I don't know if they're here, but like in Japan, they have the vending machines you just talk at. Like you just talk at oh, it. Oh, really? And it will give, yeah, it'll like give you what you ask for. It's so weird. That's so weird. I don't want to talk to a vending machine. <laughs> We need to bring vending machines back because I do kind of love them. I do, too. I do, too. Okay. And then my final 90s moment mm-hmm. from this movie is that. So if you listen, if you watch the entire credits, which I did, the first song I forgot the name of. It's unimportant. The second song that plays in the credits is the Foo Fighters re-recorded one of their singles, Walking After You, specifically for the movie because oh, Dave loves that. the X-Files. That makes sense. Yeah, and like you listen to the song and you're like, no, you're so right, like Dave. This is so Mulder Scully coded because it's like, if you're walking out on me, I'm walking. Or no, if you if you're walking out, I'm walking after you. You know, yeah. like and I'm like, oh my god, that's so them. Anyway, very nineties. That is very nineties. <laughs> that is that's a fun fact. <laughs> okay, so to wrap it up, Jesus hasn't seen much of the show, and he reviewed the movie. Mm-hmm. For the Chicago Tribune, and he says, um, based on the movie, I'm seriously tempted to watch the show. And he also says, I'm intrigued by the main characters, Ernest, FBI agents, Fox Mulder, and Dana Scully, who stare deeply into each other's eyes and call each other by their <laughs> last names. Their dynamic is that they are obviously made for each other, but need to straighten out their own individual lives before they can relate to anyone else. <laughs> he's so real for that. And he's like so real. And then he ends it and he's just like, can someone tell me when the show like when the show is on? Like what time? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that's so iconic. That is. And he gave it three out of four stars. And Roger Ebert was like kind of similar. He was like, man, this is probably incomprehensible of which you, if you haven't seen the show and I've only seen some of it. But mm-hmm. it is very good. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the reviews are in, and the critics love it, even though it doesn't make any sense. And it's amazing <laughs> what you can do with just, like, charisma and power and sexual energy. That is the Chris Carter <laughs> formula. <laughs> yes, and he doesn't even like it. He hates, he resents he hates that his he has own to, formula. like, <laughs> he hates that he has to rely on, like, them just, like, looking, having amazing chemistry. I don't know, then write better, dude. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. And this was like a real low point for Chris because like he started developing the movie Mm -hmm. and he was show running the X-Files and Millennium at the same time. That's a lot. That's just like he really overworked himself in the 90s, which like (sighs) sounds very miserable. And I kind of get it, though, because I don't think he's like he had that one show that didn't get picked up Mm -hmm. by Amazon. That apparently was very bad, the pilot. It was like when they used to vote on pilots. Mm -hmm. Other than that, he really hasn't done anything since. I get it because, like, one, he's not that talented of a writer. And two, he really put so much effort in the 90s. I would not work another day in my life if I could just live off X-Files residuals. Right. Uh, After I, like, worked probably, like, 100-hour weeks for, like, several years. Yeah. I think that's kind of the way to go. Like... You have this big momentum, this big show on the air. You can get anything greenlit at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, why not just, like, work yourself almost to death and then just peace out? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I kind of see the vision. Yeah, I understand Leveraging it. all the power you're ever going to have to, like, do some cool projects that you like. And then never and then have to work dip. again. Yeah. 
So I really love this movie. I give it like five, five out of five stars, even with all the like complaints I had. It just fills me with this buzz. Like it's a complete joy to watch them in a movie format. Mm-hmm. His plan was he wanted to like just continue the franchise via movies here, but it didn't make that much money. Like it was successful, yeah. but it didn't catapult it into like the stratosphere. Mm-hmm. They only really planned five years. So they do the movie and they're kind of like, this is what we had. Uh, and it's such a, a symptom of the time that they kind of had to continue the show. Because mm-hmm. they didn't, they wanted to make movies about it. This is the end of the mythology to a certain right. like degree. Like, but yet they got to go back and make the show. <laughs> Everybody rises the occasion. It feels like it feels mm-hmm. like the show, like the writing could be better. Mm-hmm. But I think like the production and the acting and everything just feels yeah. bigger and grander in a really great way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I liked it. I'd give it like a four out of five stars. It's like a very like of its time but not necessarily like in a bad way a lot of the like it feels like you're retreading things but that's just like chris carter um but yeah david and jillian do great in it there's some really fun scenes the b scenes like kind of great like ridiculous but like in a good way yes good like shippy moments between them um i wish there was more of the lone gunman and skinner because i do love them they're my favorite supporting characters yeah, we pretty much touched on anything, on, on everything, but yeah, I liked it. it. It's like a really good TV show movie, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's a really good, like, how do we translate this into just a movie type of thing. I will say that, like, as far as, like, TV movies go, like, I do find this one, like, more enjoyable than the Downton Abbey movies, which is like, <laughs> the only other movies I've really watched. Because, <laughs> like... That's fair. The Downton Abbey one's, like... I like I feel like they get more like drone shots mm-hmm. but like that's it I'm like where where's the gossip I think they went to Italy in the last one or whatever or yeah. no they went to France something like that I don't know I don't because like them. um Lord Grantham was like terrified that like he might be French because he thought his mom had an affair <laughs> that's hilarious I love and that that is a like, major plot point he was like literally petrified that he might be French <laughs> oh I was gonna say I forgot to mention this mm-hmm so there's the the fake out kiss right mm-hmm. filled me with ire but in very David and Jillian weird whatever <laughs> the hell they have going on they're like they we're actually gonna do shot, it yeah they shot a scene mm-hmm. it was never gonna be a kiss but they of course shot a scene of them kissing mm-hmm. and it's very good and you know the X-Files PH have spliced that with the footage in the movie Mm-hmm. So that exists, and I'll, I'll put it in the description if I remember. And also, they did another deleted scene kiss, but this one was like goofy. Mm-hmm. So I've they seen really the goofy did, one for sure. <laughs> yeah, they really did bring. Let's do a fun one to like a scene without a kiss, and they kiss, and like yeah, like Scully pushes him up against the wall. And, like, <laughs> like David Duchovny very dramatically like puts his arms out when like Jillian does that. It's like very silly and it's very funny. <laughs> I love I love the idea that like Mulder is the sub and Scully is the Dom. <laughs> Real. Yeah. <laughs> they just know. Yeah. Like everybody on the show except Chris Carter understands Mulder and Scully. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that's about it. That's mm-hmm. we've covered the movie. So next up we're we're rolling into season six. 
which is honestly kind of spooky to talk about. Like, season six, you know? Okay, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, we are Condensed Truth on Twitter. If you would like to email us, we are CondensedTruthPod at gmail.com. So I'm trying to find out some information about whether Shiner Bach could be purchasable in Washington, D.C. in 1998. And the brewery did not respond to my email. So if you happen to, like, know if please I, where I could find, like, distribution of, like, beer, like, historically, yes, please email the podcast at condensedtruthpod at gmail.com. Because I, I just need to know for myself, you know? I just mm-hmm. I just want to know. I'm I'm curious uh, if it was in DC or LA. I want to know how they got Shiner Rock on the show, and that's coming up in like season seven. Next time we are talking season six, episode two, Drive. Nick is going to be back, and Yay. I will have a brief description of what happens in the mythology season opener. The beginning. I don't remember much happening. I remember I kind of hate that episode, so. It'll probably be just me complaining about how much I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. We've covered everything. I have will hopefully be putting out episodes soon. I would like to apologize to everybody because I, I could have been editing the podcast, but I actually just really needed to watch Doctor Who. So You know, you gotta take care of yourself. I, I think I'm that almost- that's okay. <laughs> It is okay, but like I do feel a little bad. Mm-hmm. But I was I was like finishing up 12's arc. That's my excuse. Is that I I had season ten. It's very left. important. So I watched it, and we are. Uh, I'm 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 on to thirteen, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna feel less stressed about having to catch up on that because I don't like it very much. Um, because the writing is pretty bad in those seasons. No, season eleven's fine, but like twelve is okay i think and then 13's a mess but anyway i'm i'm almost running out of doctor who to watch so that should bode well for the podcast and i'll get back (laughs) in the swing of things and i will put out as many as i can to get us back on schedule okay anything to add nope (laughs) okay everyone have a nice week Bye. bye